this week on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're discussing our favorite war movies. Hello and welcome to a very exciting inst- uh, mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm... Uh, uh, but we practice this, we practice this, I know this... Ron Juni. That's the one. That's uh, him. Ron Juni. Ron Juni. Uh, this week uh, on this very special mini-sode, because we're watching Rogue One next week, uh, Rogue One, which is basically built upon the template of the war movie, this week we're discussing our favorite war movies. We're not talking about our favorite star movies? No. no I had a whole Carl Sagan thing planned <laughs> out. Yeah, sorry, and no Carl Sagan. And we could have all slept through it. Yep, yeah. no contact, no Starman, none Ooh, of that. No oh, enemy great. mine. Uh, none of it. Uh, we're talking about our favorite war movies. You know war movies. They're movies what gots the wars in them. Uh, very simple. Uh, so let's go around the horn. Let's do this. Patrick, favorite war movie. Now watch out. It's not the most exciting blow-up movie. Hunt for Red October. Ooh, Ooh. a cold war movie. Right? And it's that, that. those are the opening lines. It's cold. It's very, very cold. <laughs> Are the opening lines to the movie. That's right. It's got Sam Neill, it's got Tim Curry, it's got Sean Connery, where he catches a cup of tea from falling off a table. It's Yeah. Also got other people. Scott Glenn. Uh Alec Baldwin? Alec eh, he's forgettable. Well, Alec Baldwin <laughs> I mean, in that movie he originates the character the, the of Jack Ryan. The film character of Jack Ryan, which would go on to be played by Harrison Ford, Ford in Clear and Present Danger and Patriot Games, which would then go on to be played by Ben, ben Affleck, Affleck in Some of All Fears, which would then go on to be played by Chris Pine in Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit, which is now being played by John Krasinski on the Jack Ryan Amazon TV show. Fine cinematic to uh, TV tradition. I had no idea that that existed. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of want to see John Krasinski as I'm Jack sure. Ryan. In the books, in the Tom Clancy books, yeah. doesn't Jack Ryan become president yes. at one point? Yes, he does. Yeah. He uh, he works his way up. He gets to be vice president. And then uh, like the president and possibly a bunch of Congress all get killed in a big terrorist attack. And then he's the president. Oh, do they get killed by Tom Clancy's... Uh, Shitty writing? Uh, I was going to say... Uh, sh- Shadow Ops? What's those? What are those terrible games they used to make? Rainbow Tom, Six. Yeah, Tom Rainbow Clancy's Six Rainbow was Six. a great fucking game. That was like the best of the Tom Clancy games. Yeah, the rest of them were all pretty much garbage, but Rainbow Six was decent. Have you ever noticed that at one point Tom Clancy books were just like Tom Clancy's blah? Yeah. By this other guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he was franchised just, it out real. Like he was the yeah. Thomas Kincaid of airport novelists. Right. <laughs> just farmed out his shit. Uh, 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 fucking Hunt for October, man. Solid movie, though. It's got so many great lines, too. Books. (laughs) Books. And, of course... Jonesy, you're telling me that a million-dollar piece of equipment told you you were listening to whales fucking, and instead, you bring me this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, also, Sean Connery is a Russian sub-commander. Yes. Doing everything he can not to do a Russian accent. (laughs) I give us one chance in three. (laughs) Meanwhile, fucking uh, Sam Neill is rushing it up. Yeah, and he, all movie. he wants to do is move to Montana and raise rabbits. <laughs> 
And yeah. unfortunately, he dies. Yeah. And I mean, there's a great part in the very, very beginning where Sean Connery takes the political officer by putting his hand over top of his head and his fingers on his forehead and slamming his head into a desk. Fantastic kill. <laughs> Fantastic. What is the plot of that movie? I don't even remember. Uh, oh. There's an October, and they got to hunt for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, they got to. The, the, that sub can move around undetected by sonar, and he's defecting to the Americans because he thinks it's like a world-ending weapon. Okay, and Jack Ryan is there. Jack Ryan technically knows him because Jack Ryan starts off as like a CIA research reporter. Right, he's like and, an analyst. Right, he's an analyst, and he wrote a book about uh, naval tactics, and he also did like a report about uh, what's his name I can't remember Sean Connery's character's name uh, uh, it's not Ruskin. Ivan Drago it's really not <laughs> Ivan Drago uh, vodka man anyway he's the guy who like knows him Soda Popinski <laughs> Soda Popinski <laughs> I think that's from Battleship Potemkin <laughs> Great it's from Russian. Super Punch Out <laughs> which is based off Battleship Potemkin <laughs> Uh, oh, Ivan Ramius. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, you're thinking of the co-writer of Evil Dead. No, no you're, you're thinking of Romulus's twin. You're right, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, the co-writer. That is my fault. <laughs> Romulus's twin. Uh, John, favorite war movie? Well, here in the uh, bitter cold, awful garbage year of 2017. I gotta go for my most cathartic war movie. That's right. Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> Whoever would have thought a Quentin Tarantino movie would be called cathartic. Oh, buddy, they are nothing but cathartic, dude. Um, yeah, it just... Wow. Uh, first off, I'm gonna take the very controversial stance. There's too many Nazis in the White House. Whoa! <laughs> By, like, a wide margin. <laughs> sure, I mean, one, one is, is too many. One is far say. too many. Unless How that, many Nazis are appropriate? Here's the appropriate number of Nazis to be in the White House. Exactly one who is there to defect and renounce his Nazism. That is the maximum allowed number of Nazis in the White House. <laughs> I.e. most of the Manhattan Project? Sure. <laughs> Operation Paperclip. Werner von Braun. Yeah. Oh, then you uh, need the one guy who gets to let, let into the room with the big board. Yeah. Right. explain to Peter Sellers how the world's going to end. Right. He's an important Nazi. <laughs> for our side. Uh, but I guess, spoiler alert for uh, Inglorious Bastards, uh, the scene that wins my heart every time. <laughs> that I just like sometimes need to just go home and watch just to get through my day is uh, at the end the titular bastards have trapped all of the Nazi high command in a movie theater that uh, they have strapped with dynamite unbeknownst to them the owner of the theater is also planning to use the highly flammable film stock to ignite and burn down the theater both plans go off so exploding dynamite and just inflamed celluloid just burn this motherfucker to the ground as all of the Nazi high command is crushed in flaming debris, catching on fire, banging hopelessly against the locked doors trying to escape the carnage. They do not. Uh, to the point where Eli Roth, one of the bastards, uh, Playing gets... Donnie the Bear Jew Donowitz. Oh boy. <laughs> Ancestor of the Donowitz from True Romance. Mm -hmm. uh, played by Paul Reiser. 
No, 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 no not uh, Paul Reiser. Uh, fucking what's his name? He was like the president of the Screen Actors Guild for a long time too. Yeah, he remind. He's like an older Paul. Saul Rubinak. Yeah, he looks very much like he's playing Paul Reiser's dad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he's anyway. like Paul Reiser meets Elliot Gould. Right, exactly. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, Donnie the Bear Jew uh, gets into the box seating where there's Hitler, and he proceeds to take like Hitler a, and uh, Goebbels. Goebbels, yeah, uh, the two high-ranking, the highest-ranking Nazis in all the land. Uh, and he starts just unloading a goddamn machine gun straight into Hitler's dumb fucking face until his face explodes off his body and the entire theater blows up. It's pretty great. <laughs> oh boy, it's satisfying. And the movie itself is fantastic as well. It is. It introduces said. the English speaking world to uh, Christoph Waltz. A fantastic actor. A wonderful who actor. Seemingly is only good in in, in Tarantino, Tarantino movies. movies. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's uh, he's not bad in Spectre, uh, but he that just movie, plays a shitty character. Yeah, it's just like, there's ba- nothing to do. Right, yeah. exactly. That's a bad movie. Great opening Bond sequence. Bad everything else. Yeah, um, I, mean, I love Inglorious Bastards. It's so good. Movie. It's so good. And what uh, something that I really like about it that I've only grown to appreciate more in these political times mm-hmm. is the fact that there's. Uh, Eli Roth's big cathartic kill a Nazi scene that happens about midway through the movie. Uh, there's this Nazi commander who's not going to give up the positions of his troops. Uh, and it's it's played in a very specific way that the Nazi commander believes that he is fighting for his countrymen. It You know, uh, the bear Jew has a big baseball bat and he says, would you get that medal for killing Jews? And he says, no, for bravery. And it's kind of setting this Nazi up to be almost sympathetic in a way. Right. Until you remember, oh, wait, no, he's still a goddamn Nazi. (laughs) And then he gets his head beaten the fuck in. Oh, God, it's so, it's such a release. (laughs) What's what's crazy about that scene is like, look, Eli Roth is not much of an actor. He's a director and a writer, but he's got a few acting credits under his belt. And, you know, he comes out, and this is his big scene, right? He comes out of the movie clanking that baseball bat, Mm -hmm. and he's just this, he's just, he put on like 20 pounds of muscle for the movie, and he's just this big, imposing, like, dude, and he walks up, and the look on his face, like, you can tell, like, like he's not happy that he's just, like, murdering human beings, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's definitely, like, uh, a, a hesitance to what he's doing, but, like, there's also, like, a righteous anger that yeah. he's got within him, and it's immediately, like, switched off after he beats the shit of the Nazi when he begins jumping up and yeah. down and goes, and he fucking the fucking the fucking Fenway Park! <laughs> and just, like, this, the fakiest Boston accent ever, and it's amazing. It's so good. And, yeah, it's, it's a very potent reminder that, like, you know... There is still a right and a wrong side to history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, the Nazis were on the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it sort of doesn't matter if they were fighting for their country or fighting for the Nazi ideals. They were still fighting for the Nazis. <laughs> Absolutely. There is uh, one, I will say uh, I will say one more thing about Inglourious Bastards before we move on. Uh, the opening scene of that film, for me, is like, 
one of the top ten like opening scenes oh, of a incredible. movie ever. Uh, just amazing rising tension, fantastic dialogue, great performances, uh, and just sets up everything you need to know about Christoph Waltz's like villain character for the film. Yeah, uh, amazing, amazing stuff. It's so um, good. It's top quality movie. Well done. Great pick. Uh, moving on, Mark. Favorite war movie. Uh, I you know I kind of hemmed and hawed on this. I wasn't sure what I wanted to take. Um, a tricky one. Yeah, part of me uh, want, I wanted to go with Black Hawk Down, but um, I haven't seen it in a long time, and I, I wasn't going to be able to back up any of my yeah. claims with facts or anything. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I was thinking about uh, of Saving Private Ryan, because it, uh amazing film. It's um, the war movie. Right, it is, like, I mean, it's the the war movie of our generation, mm-hmm. like, right? Like, you have, like, the, all the old war movies, like the John Wayne fucking world war. Tora, Tora, Tora. Yeah. And all that Five shit. and a half hours of World War II. Yeah, all that, all that shit. <laughs> Your fucking John Ford, John Houston stuff. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, but yeah, Saving Private Ryan is there. But I had to go with something that is, I guess, just a little nearer and dearer to my heart and something I know I love and I enjoy. Uh, which is why uh, he's going to pick am, Independence Day. No, I am going with uh, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. <laughs> uh, this is where the War of the Ring oh. really begins with the Battle of Helm's Deep, one oh. of the greatest cinematic action yeah. and war scenes ever put to celluloid. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. First of all, in my opinion, uh, the Two Towers is the best of the three Lord of the Rings movies, especially when viewed uh, in the extended editions. I do like Return of the King. I think it's got some bleh stuff in it. Um, like the last 45 minutes. All the nine endings, yeah. yes. Uh, I, well, what what kills the specifically the extended edition Return of the King for me is the fact that the extended edition, all the shit they put back in, completely ruins all of the surprises throughout the movie right. by taking great pains to set them up in their entirety. Sure. The best thing that's added in the Return of the King special edition is when they finally get the Mordor in the mouth oh, of the Sauron. Mouth of Sauron, Sauron is great. And he comes out and he's you like... You cannot attack me. I am an emissary. Well, and he's got like fucking Frodo's mithril shirt and yeah. he just throws it at Aragorn's feet and he's like... Fuck you, we killed your hobbit friend. What you gonna do now? And it makes so much more sense than when Vigo like turns around and looks at the arm and he's like, for Frodo. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's not a even vengeance. Right. Charge. Like it's not yeah. like when you watch it in the regular version, it's like, alright, they're just trying to hold him off. But then when you see what it really is, it's like, no, fuck this guy. Yeah. I'm going down all the swinging. <laughs> uh, and it's great. But no, two towers. Uh, I think the Battle of Helm's Deep is just one of the most impressive uh, thing that's ever been done. It's a perfect mix of uh, digital effects and uh, miniatures or bigatures, as they called them. Because um, you know, they're like, so big. Yeah, because they're to scale sort of miniatures. Um, fantastic performances by everybody. Um, and just the scale and scope of it yeah. is just something that had never been done before. And well, dwarf tossing. Yeah, and, sure. and dwarf tossing. Uh, My favorite... Nope, I'm gonna stop you right there. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, Your favorite scene from the beginning of Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> uh, Saved. <laughs> uh, what I do really love about uh, the Two Towers in particular is not only does it set up all of the why this is an important battle, what winning or losing will do to the grander political, you know, uh, trials Landscape, and tribulations. Yeah. Uh, but also the the actual Helm's Deep itself, the geography of it is set up so well yeah. that you always know where the enemy is, where the heroes are, how far into the fortress the enemy has 
become right. where all of the tactical decisions are, you know, like where the choke points are, what is going to be hard fought. And then uh, the Riders yeah. of Rohan coming down a cliff that's like a 60 degree incline in to save the day. At to the be end. fair, they're led by a white it's wizard. Awesome. Sure. It's awesome with the sun breaking over the hill. Oh, like there's, it's good metaphor there. It's so good. So the light of Gandalf the White comes crashing yeah, into the orcs. Man. It's yeah. not just the guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to... What's Would guys one? leave my house right now I'm so I can watch Two Towers? <laughs> like, if we were doing mystical ones, how come nobody picked Underworld when the werewolves come to war with the vampires? Because uh, it's fucking Underworld, <laughs> dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> Underworld, now don't get me wrong, Underworld is a great RPG module. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic source book. But yeah, a movie be... franchise? No. Ooh. Underworld Oof. would be great if it was the VHS tape that came with the tabletop board game. Right. <laughs> right. That you turned on scenes of it when you rolled a certain die number. Yeah. Or you got a card. Uh, Alright, any honorable mention favorite war movies? I mean, I guess uh, ba- uh, we can go uh, uh, Black Hawk Down. Uh, again, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Uh, that opening scene, the storming of Normandy Beach. Still a big deal. Is uh, just still an amazing cinematic uh, yeah. achievement. Uh, uh, and guys- his, his kind of uh, what I, one of the many things that's great about Saving Private Ryan was the uh, Spielberg's interest in kind of teaching the younger generation about World War II led him to found uh, DreamWorks Game Studios and made the Medal of Honor franchise. Mm. Oh, fantastic. Which, while it's fallen on hard times, had some wonderful uh, games in there. Absolutely. Medal of Honor Airborne is still fantastic. Mm. That's a good one where you play a paratrooper. Oh, okay. And you get to kind of, like, choose your starting locale. It's neat. Patrick, any uh, honorable mention war movies? Gotta go with Apocalypse Now. Okay, yeah. Apocalypse Now or Apocalypse Now Redux? I've only actually ever seen Redux. Me too. I've never actually seen the theatrical. Yeah, yeah. I have. I, yeah. I have seen both. I can't say that I've been offered regular. Anywhere. There was a time where you could choose, but now I think you can only get Redux. You yeah. can only get Redux bundled with Hearts of Darkness. Which is night. fine. Yeah. so good. Yeah, Hearts of Darkness oh, is almost God. a better movie than Apocalypse Probably, Now. Yeah. Way better. Like, Apocalypse Now, like... I feel like you could cut an hour out of that movie oh, and it would make turn it into like a really tight fucking dope movie but instead it's this long ponderous and I get it it's based well, on that's, the fucking I mean Conrad. that's the whole idea it's the too. whole idea yeah. yeah well like you are supposed to feel as mentally and physically exhausted as uh, poor Martin Sheen, Martin Sheen was Sheen. in real life yeah. not in just real his character life yeah but yeah I, do, I will say that it does work on that weird psychological level when you finally get introduced to Marlon Brando's Colonel Kurtz and you're just like when he makes his entrance in shadow and starts just vomiting nonsense and you feel that same moment that Martin Sheen does of just like God fucking damn it do you know what I've been through to get here <laughs> right? and this is why yeah 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 it's it, well like outside they're just like hacking this fucking like yak to pieces, to pieces. and yeah. shit it's like a water buffalo yeah, or something man. it's actually like, yeah, it's a real scene from people it, that yeah. are hacking, hacking uh, which again cattle. does not surprise me Francis Ford Coppola, Coppola back in the day kind of a crazy cocaine man yeah. well, and especially during the course of that movie where he was completely isolated from any studio meddling right. and he just loses his goddamn mind which again hearts of darkness fantastic movie martin's not dead until i say he's dead now friends red dawn 
Not the remake. Of course, the original. I think I think the idea of Red Dawn, like just a bunch of dumb kids fighting Russian soldiers, is fine. But I think that the larger politics behind <laughs> it that John Milius very clearly injected into the oh, movie, yeah. which was like, Reagan guns, yeah! yeah. No, it's very much the American militia movement will save us. Yeah, it is. It's real rough. But it's very weird in that yeah. respect. Um, the the remake is uh, a. I haven't seen the remake. It's a terrible. It's very terrible. Sure. Uh, B. It has like you get to what you think is the end, and then like your guy who's been your hero the whole time like senselessly like gets shot, and that like fucking Chris Hemsworth just gets his face blown off, Damn. and then the movie goes on for ten more minutes, and it's like why? <laughs> There's no reason yeah. to, and it's just like needlessly brutal and stupid. Uh, it's real bad. Um, any other honorable mention? I guess we could say Top Gun. Top Gun. Um, Top Gun's not a great movie as far as I'm no. concerned, but it does have two things going for it. Uh, one, the uh, uh, groundbreaking use of uh, military involvement and using actual jets uh, and everything to fight, mm-hmm. fly the dogfight sure. scenes and stuff, which mm-hmm. is great. Two, one of the greatest soundtracks of the 80s, Kenny Loggins doing Highway to the Danger Zone. Not only that, but we also get... Playing with the boys or the shirtless volleyball, <laughs> volleyball scene, yeah, which is so great. Yeah. Oh, you get uh, fucking Berlin's "Take My Breath Away." That's what it one is. One of the yeah. great ballads. It's a great love uh, ballad. One of the great ballads of the eighties. Uh, Especially because, like, before that, they were like a weird LA punk band. They were like a weird LA like new wave band. Yeah, yeah. like that. Mer- they came out of the punk scene, and like, if you listen to some of their other stuff, it's generally a little bit more up tempo, a little weirder, a little artier. Um, like, listen to like one of their uh, great songs is uh, uh, "The Metro." That's an awesome song. Actually, System of a Down did a really great cover of it on the Dracula 2000 soundtrack. Nice. <laughs> You're welcome, world. All right, thanks for that piece of trivia. <laughs> no problem. Check that out later. Uh, also. Uh, not an honorable mention, Dracula 2000. That's a real bad movie. <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not mention. Uh, however, definite honorable mention, I'm going to consider it a, a, a war movie. John Carpenter's Vampires. It's a war between <laughs> yeah. man and vampire. Yeah. Oh, you're uh, getting a little bit of the old teak? Yeah. The mahogany? <laughs> the, the most James Woodsy of James oh, Woods. Oh, God. He's the James Woods est. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that is it for this mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about Rogue One, just in time to be late for The Last Jedi. Uh, I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bradley. If you say my name, I disappear, so you don't know. Don Booney? God damn it, no! Pew, pew. Wait, wait. I have an idea to bring him back. John Rooney. John Rooney. John Rooney! Hey, everybody, I'd like to tell you all about the Star Wars prequels. Now, episode one, I know it gets a lot of Don Booney, Don Booney, Don Booney. Hate that guy. Good move, Patrick. (laughs) Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney, and Mark Rosendahl. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are purveyed, and leave us a rating or review. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.